Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome from Jerusalem. This is Watchman Talk, a series of conversations with Israeli military and security experts and practitioners. And our special and honored guest today is uh, retired Brigadier General Hanan Geffen. Welcome. Well, glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, And you are, uh, among other positions uh, in the military intelligence community, a former commanding officer of the famed uh, 8200 or 8200 uh, signal unit. Uh, In the uh, American uh, press, it is called INSU, Israel National SIGINT uh, Unit. But when you joined it uh, before the Six-Day War, it was known as 515 and then 848 and only eventually 8200. How did this unit, this number, become such a brand? Well, it, 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 it by chance because um, usually, I, I guess until 15 years ago, we tried to keep it in a very low uh, profile. And then... Um, it started when cyber erupted, and it suddenly started some, somewhere in the second part of the 90s. Uh, the number, this is the, a very huge uh, unit. I, I guess it's the biggest, I know, I know it is the biggest unit in the, in the country, in, in, in the IDF. And, and this is, that a huge number of people are um, joining the, the Israeli market, and the impact was uh, great. You know, everywhere you look, you, you were looking, Every company was uh, they were they were graduates of this unit. So uh, you say it's a, a big unit. Uh, it's actually bigger than even the bigger division in the Israeli and the navy forces. and the Israeli navy and the, so and the Israeli so navy. Say. Not not uh, altogether, just yeah. uh, just yeah. a part. Yeah. And and perhaps the, the number uh, eighty two hundred is not too far from the actual order of battle. Of it's, it's greater. I can tell you it's great. <laughs> of the, this unit. Now, um, it used to be known because of uh, the military censorship, which was quite heavy uh, most of Israel's years, as the central early warning unit. Right. And this was its original task, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, even I can tell you more than that. If you look at, at the origin of the, the roots of this, uh, you, this unit, it go back as, as almost as hundred years. It started in the, in the days when the Jewish neighborhoods in, in, in this part of the land were needed an early warning of uh, sudden attacks, and then after forty-eight, for thirty years, it was the only the main the main uh, vehicle, the main collection method uh, to alert Israel. We don't have uh, strategic uh, uh, depths. Uh, we don't have uh, and we have, uh, we had at that time, we counted for at least seven armies ready to uh, to march from barracks to to the borders within hours. 
And um, and then you have to, and at that time we didn't have a satellite, ImageSat. The only uh, means of uh, alert, the only possible was this unit. This, uh, and it really co- uh, was called the Central Collection and Alert Unit. So one, one should uh, note that because of Israel's unique uh, position, not only geographically, but because it uh, did not have a large standing army, most of uh, the uh, order of battle in right. for war was reserves, and you had two tasks. One uh, was to call them up um, just in time, and uh, the other one was to avoid any false alarms because the Israeli economy would not be able to withstand right. it. Right. And the, the task of the unit for many years, and I guess even today with many aspects, was very clear. It said, you have to give us an alert of at least 48 hours. So it, from, that, from, this, uh, from this demand, and it was a very strong demand of the, the, the government and the military, uh, the, 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 the unit was built with huge amount of, of people and money invested to be able to stand for 48 hours uh, so, so there is um, a headquarters, a central staff uh, near Tel Aviv. There are also outposts uh, throughout the country near the uh, borders. Yes. And, um, of course, um, the task was uh, signal intelligence, which means not only eavesdropping, but also uh, analyzing other sorts of traffic and also code breaking. This is similar to Cheltenham, to the GCHQ right. job of the British or the NSA in the United States. And the BND and the others, all the West, other Western countries, which are pure, pure uh, organization to this unit. Now, um, you uh, were already in service uh, during the June 1967 war. And one feature which uh, is uh, well remembered is that uh, Defense Minister Moshe Dayan ordered that uh, the uh, intercepted call between uh, Egyptian President Nasser and Jordanian King Hussein, which your unit got uh, hold of, uh, be revealed. And uh, this, of course, uh, endangered your sources and methods. So how how do you uh, uh, compare the uh, pros and cons uh, in such a situation? I would say I'm, I'm surprisingly I'm for it because uh, the information we collected should be an actionable inf- information, and in this case, it was the, be- the I, I think uh, the most justified case because because you have to t- to tell the world, listen, we didn't didn't start this war, and this was a, a this was a smoking gun. Nobody they, could, could deny the, it. The two Arab leaders coordinated a big lie yeah. at that time. They, they also uh, wanted to say that uh, some Western powers helped Israel via aircraft carriers and, and other falsehoods. So, so you say that this is justified. And in fact, what we saw quite recently is that President Biden also decided to reveal a lot of classified information because he thought that policy is more important than intelligence. Yeah, we, we often, uh, you know, as the intelligence guy, we, 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 um, we used to be very, uh, you know, to keep the secret because uh, it makes life, our lives easier. But once we understand uh, the importance of intelligence and as we grow into the business, we understand that uh, if you need to expose it, we will compensate it later on with this or that uh, method. 
because things are evolving, uh, situations are changing, uh, and we can stand, for, stand it. General Geffen, could you explain, please, uh, what is uh, the difference between SIGINT, UMINT, and the combination of both, sometimes called UGIN? Well, I would say that uh, it's, the world is, today is much more complicated because SIGINT today is, is not only uh, uh, the eavesdropping, it it's, uh, encompasses uh, a lot of other areas, areas which is in the last 20 years, change the, this world totally. Actually, we can uh, go into um, uh, and understand and see, and we have pictures, and see what uh, sceneries that in the past, uh, you have to have somebody sent out to the street to take picture, to have this. Today, you can, you can access this one with uh, just uh, looking at the cameras. You have to have the right networks, the social networks, or whatever. It's growing by every day. So, uh, so you can access, if, if, for instance, um, a city somewhere has a system um, by which the traffic lights or other parts um, uh, have cameras, you can gain access to them. This, this is one example. The other one is, is much more uh, simpler because people are taking much more pictures and sending them out. Now you have to, to find the, tra- to the, rail to, uh, the trails and... and, and Easily, you can get pictures that in the past we have to to to, uh, to invest a lot of efforts. For for example, if in the past, let's say thirty years ago, we want to see a street in Halab, Aleppo, or Damascus, we have to send somebody with camera with a car, concealed camera, a lot of operation, dangers, and he come back with a picture. Today, the the the, the citizens themselves have these pictures, sending each other. Not to, not to mention other, you know, cameras so, that are as you... Uh, so right. the, the trick is developing the right algorithm. Well, it's not only algorithm, it's to understand it and to be uh, um, uh, very precise, you know, for because uh, what the military today is doing, I would say commercial business doing, you know, commercial like uh, uh, can enter and, and see what, whatever you are doing, understand where, where, whereabouts. For instance, Google know exactly where you are. You have to especially ask not to do it. If you don't neglect it, we know exactly where Mr. Owen is every day, where are you visiting. So um, this kind of information, the, the, the problem of the intelligence to be very, you know, to, to, to go to the right uh, intelligence, because the problem today is the information is overwhelming. So you... And the algorithm just, um, if I may proceed, the algorithm is to sift information, to take the, the, the big data, which we are flooded with, and find the right thing, the right moment, and to send it to the right people. This is the, 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 the concept of intelligence today. This is the major obstacles. I can give you more than that. You know, we have... In 2000 and... What, when was the 9-11... Prior to 9-11, there was a lot of information in the American, uh, and, but they couldn't sift to the right, um, the right people the right, in the right time. And there were walls uh, because of because some law enforcement. Silos, silos yes. Uh, no, not only that, but because the FBI uh, shouldn't have uh, gotten information from the CIA right. for various human rights or civil rights uh, reasons. Now, um, in your experience... Um, what is the kind of person which you need for this um, unit uh, 
bearing in mind that in Israel you have conscription, people uh, join at 18 unless they, they uh, graduate from university first? Well, that's a very tough question because it's not one guy, it's a, it's a teams. It's, it's a teams with, let's say, ideal team is a guy with a crypto, cryptographic cryptology uh, background, an engineer, a cyber, and an analyst, uh, and a linguistic, ling- linguist. Now, these combinations, we have them dozens of teams, even more than that, working on each of the subjects that, 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 that's found to be uh, of interest. So there's no one guy. Uh, that but they are very young. In other places, they would be uh, 30-year-olds with master's degrees, not in Israel. Is, yeah, not in Israel. And this is it's a very interesting question because, uh, you know, our peers in the world are uh, civilian agencies with, as, right, with doctors and so on, and people around, let's say, 40 years, which is b- be the average. In Israel, is 20 years old, the average. When we are in, met with our partners from, uh, let's say, U.S., or or Europe, uh, they, over, they were surprised how, how, much inform- how much responsibility uh, these young uh, officers, boys and girls have uh, in their countries. It took years to, to give you these uh, permissions to do such a, uh, analysis, this kind of uh, analysis. But this is also the, the great in um, this evolving situation today. Where, where, where technology is changing so fast, this is a very strong point of uh, of, of Israel. Um, just to uh, to let in um, a few years ago, I don't recall when, there was a, um, a demand to take this unit and to make it a civilian unit a, a agency. Now, after the, all the uh, the discussion, they decided that be, they, using this conscript. These young soldiers was the, one of the biggest points of uh, success, cause of success of the unit. Because so, the younger generation is actually leading the higher they, echelons. They know, they, know, they know better. You know, a young guy for 18, sometimes he's a self-scholar, um, self, uh, you know, much better than the, his commander. And, and by the way, it's a problem because if you have a, a colonel, you know, 40 years old, and come this guy at 20 or 18 years and trying to teach him, we have problems with telling the colonel, bow, bow and let him do. He's doing the right thing. Now, now yes, uh, as they say in the United States, uh, the younger generation is native in this technological right, land, right. while we are immigrants uh, to it. Yeah, uh, yeah we have to, to work hard to understand it and, 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 and to be very accepting, accepting this uh, chance. I, I can give you an example. When I was a commander in the unit and... Uh, Second part of the 90s, uh, we have a discussion, and we we needed an, an algorithm, and uh, for for presentation. So come a, a young uh, lieutenant. He said, "Listen, I have an idea. I have a friend on the west coast. Uh, I can bring you." And then the next day, this uh, young lieutenant was maybe 19 years old. Come with the algorithm that actually was presented to the prime minister the day after. Nobody of us knew. Uh, only this guy knew how to so, so one one of your strengths, uh, uh, Unit Eight Two Hundred, the IDF, and perhaps uh, the Israeli Defense Establishment in general, is that you can cut corners very quickly. You can uh, bypass the bureaucracy. Yes, and but I, I would start from somewhere else. We know exactly what we need. 
we know exactly wh- what we don't need. You know, one of the problems of technology is the, this, the failures and, and the early uh, and the moment you, de- you decide that this, uh, this uh, direction, you have to, to leave it. Usually, you know, we have shared so many technologies uh, in, in the unit because we were very accurate. We said, is it supporting our mission or not? If it's not supporting, it might be a brilliant idea somewhere else, but not in this unit. So this is the, the, the way uh, things are. And some, some of these technologies, which are of lower priority and therefore are not invested in, later become civilian commercial technologies? Yes. Success in other places. Many of the applications that we use now today are... Um, I don't, don't want to do, just to, to drop names, but in the, do not support military. The, the, our, so they were shelved. So this is the, the, the way uh, things... Uh, Now, uh, some of the people you recruit are not only uh, bright and brilliant, they are geniuses. Uh, They they have exceptional talents, but they are also fragile. Some some of them uh, may be vulnerable mentally, and uh, we well remember Alan Turing uh, in World War II and other such uh, cases. How do you know uh, whom to recruit and if you do recruit them, to supervise them? Yeah. It, it's a very good question because um, we have uh, the privilege, the unit have the privilege to choose the best. We have the first priority for mathematician. The first five in mathematician every year we have, or ten, whatever, we can recruit. The problem is that they are strange. We call them strange. For instance, one of the brilliant guys, when he was thinking, was going between two trees. Now, if you... We let him. You know, everybody knew that he shouldn't approach him because he is thinking, he is doing an algorithm between walking while walking. In, in the unit's backyard? Yes. So, uh, but we knew it. Everybody knew it. We respected him. And it, it's up to the commander. But usually the, his commanding officer is one that recreated him. And he know exactly what this guy is, what is the weaknesses. The problem starts when, you know, shifting, generation changes, and people uh, get lost there. We have to be very attentive, the commanders, very attentive. And they are in, in this special, uh, it's genius, this kind of guys. We give them the, the, the environment, somewhat protected environment, um, so they can uh, flourish there. In each year, how many such uh, geniuses uh, can a unit have? It depends on the areas, but I would say around the if greater number, I would say 100. 100 geniuses? No. Various level, yes. Uh, they have some top of them, but around 100, yes. How do you keep them? Well, it's very strange. It very, um, some of them will stand because they are, interested, they are very interested in what the military is offering. Them, the challenge the military is offering to them. Some of them will stand even for... Uh, was one case where he, st- he, was, uh, he was decorated to a colonel. It was a personal... Uh, promotion. P- promotion because... He, because he didn't want to leave the army. He said, I'm so interested. It's so challenging. He, would effort, he could have achieved much higher salaries, of course, outside, but the challenge the military gave him, he couldn't resist it. So this is a state of the art, the edge. Yes, it is the edge. And uh, what they are doing, what they are breaking um, glass ceil- ceilings. They are they're constantly breaking glass ceilings, which nobody, which we told them, I will tell them, it cannot be done. So this is a challenge, and they are going for it. And and this one 
ceiling after another, they are breaking it. And this is, when you're speaking about this unit, the fame it had, I, I'm not speaking about, you know, the, 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 the public, but among our peers in the West, the American, the Brits, the German, the Dutch, and is this capability to break uh, the ceiling, glass ceilings? But they, are the, uh, the uh, foreigners also familiar with the people themselves or only with the achievements? Some, no, they are, uh, they are familiar with the people. There are meetings between the professionals. You will be surprised how many meetings and what uh, level of meetings uh, there is. Uh, it's not published. You, of course, it's very... But you can see the way, you, you know, in a very um, strange way, you can see how, how uh, let's say, the American treat Israel. Strategic relations, it's not because uh, Mr. Bennett is nice to Mr. Biden, because the American uh, establishment, defense establishment, knows exactly what Israelis contribute to America, and so the Brits. So if you rank the leading agencies in the world, where does A200 stand as compared to NSA, GCHQ, and the We have to be some honest, because we are in a very small part of the world, and from intelligence-wise, so very uh, focused. But I would say uh, uh, between the, the first 10, between 5 to 10, uh, uh, the American and the Brits, by far, because they are bigger, they are much um, pres- all over the world, they have a much better view of the world. Um, yeah, between the five, yes. So if uh, the Americans uh, speak about the five eyes, United States, Canada, Australia, we are New the Zealand, six. and we are the six. Israel is the sixth eye, <laughs> yes, uh, or in this case, the sixth ear. Yes. Now, um, some twelve years ago, perhaps a bit uh, longer, uh, cyber, yes, became uh, the vogue, and uh, there is a constant debate over whether. SIGINT and cyber should cohabit the same unit or should be separate. What's your view? Yeah, it was a discussion. Yeah, it's like, uh, f- yes, it, eight years ago, they tried to separate it. The problem is you can, it's, it's, it's uh, ceramic twins because the, the, the core of the thing is cryptology, the deciphering the cyber, uh, signal analysis, not the signal, the... the, the, the the digital, the, the digital signal analysis. Now, this is a profession that is mainly in, the, in, in this unit. You know, even the other, uh, our, our sister organization in Israel, the Mossad and the Shabak, relies on this uh, center of, 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 of knowledge in, in uh, the, cryptolo- the cryptology center and, and, and the signal analysis center, the, the digital signal analysis center. This is the core. You cannot separate it because it, once you separate it, it's a unit that, will be a very uh, mediocre unit, not a, a, a success. A so, so you support what the Americans have done by establishing Cyber Command and uh, co-commanding it with the director of the NSA. Yeah, because the American tried, the American were long discussions, and, and then they decided they, can, they have to keep it under one commander, because they have to flow information. This is the code. They have this information that I mentioned, cryptology uh, knowledge, they have to be flown between the organization. Cyber will not exist without this. Uh, so do you envy or did you envy your uh, peers because you were a brigadier general, a one-star general, the director of uh, NSA is a three-star general, and now when he also heads 
Cyber Command four stars, which Israel doesn't even have. The yeah, chief of no. staff is Lieutenant General. Uh, can you live with that peacefully? Yeah, I tell you, what, I tell you honestly, because he's, um, the organization is so big that he actually uh, would not deal with the, with the, you know, the actual intelligence. His, his management role are, are huge. Israel, our organization is much smaller. So uh, as a commanding officer, I was able to go into details and which I enjoy very much, you know. You cannot, this is the big thing to see, to see a piece of inf- information that you pass by phone, you know, to the, the but so you, I say, listen, this is. But you mentioned that um, you, you came up through the ranks in the unit and uh, you became its commanding officer. But in recent years, uh, people, officers from some other units of the yes. intelligence corps were put in charge of the unit. Uh, yes. uh, was that um, uh, beneficial to 8200? Uh, I, I believe yes, uh, yes, because um, we needed some uh, more disciplines which we lacked, um, operational uh, aspects of uh, on one side. To know what the consumers want. Yeah, that no, that that's we know. But uh, there was some operational unit within the the IDF that need that were part of the intelligence uh, operations. We knew less, and these guys know better than what actual needs, which, which enhanced the intelligence uh, we gathered uh, later on. And um, I think in general it's okay because the unit is very strong professionally. So if it's is if the commander is listening, is willing to listen, they will support him. That that will not. Uh, and within the intelligence community, the uh, status of the commanding officer of this unit is obviously very high. Yes, it's very high, very close relation with the, the director of the intelligence calls, very, it's, it's daily discussions, uh, very intimate relations there, and, and the chief of staff often depend. So just to conclude our very interesting conversation, General Geffen, is uh, Unit 8200 one of the reasons Israel, Israel can claim intelligence superiority, saying that the enemy is transparent to it? Yes, but we have to be, again, some modesty, because uh, what changes is not only uh, the cyber and and, and the unit, but also uh, the supporting intelligence, like imagery, which has changed the world we see, you know, just to take a... This is another year, it's 9900. Yes, just to, to look look now at Ukraine, what you see. In Ukraine, the Americans know exactly what are the forces and where they're heading, and they can, you know, they can forecast when is the second uh, wave of attack will come. The only thing that's missing, the intentions of uh, one guy, and, and this is uh, what everybody is, I guess, working now to understand what his intentions are. Maybe medical imaging... Would do the trick. Uh, Brigadier General Hanan Geffen, a former commander of Israel's uh, famous Sikint and Cyber Unit uh, 8200, thank you for um, your knowledge and uh, insights. Thank you, Amir. So this concludes uh, this edition of Watchmen Talk uh, from uh, Jerusalem, TV7 News, and we will be back with another program soon. 
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.